Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. She is a world-renowned choreographer, creative director, dancer, instructor, actor, personality, and just a beautiful human, somebody that I've known for about a decade now, and it's been so amazing to watch her growth. And I'm so happy that we're also business partners now in a new venture called Naughty Girl Fitness. Ew. I bring to you my dear friend, Janelle Janestra. I think we should do a one, two, three, four, five. One, two, two three, three, four, five. five. Yeah! yeah. Okay. When I saw you come in with that jacket, yeah. I had to change. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy you did. We look like the raver kids. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm wearing my Panda Gang jacket today. I love it. This is my Janelli Gang jacket. How would you describe your style? <sighs> Whatever I freaking feel that day. So I woke up today feeling girly and preppy, and so I wanted to dress how I feel, right? Yeah. Some, and you see me. Like, some days I dress like a little... Edgy. Some days I dress boyish. I I just go with however I feel, and I don't ever put a cap on what that is. Yeah. Right. So I just express myself in that way. What do you feel about the balance between your masculine and feminine energy? What, what's your What's your ideas on it? How do you flow between it? Has that evolved? It definitely has evolved. I would say that I've become much more womanly in the past um, few years, uh, or I would say decade, um, which feels really good. I think as you get older and you start to become even more sexual and experiencing more of life and with just your circumstances with relationships and people, that has made me more womanly. Okay. But I do have this really harsh alpha, <laughs> I'm going to get shit done, I'm going to do it my way. And I like feeling that as well because I I feel strong and physically and mentally. So, And I don't think that necessarily has to do with my masculine side, but it does bring more of a, a strong dominant energy rather than my like soft like tender energy, you know? How are you as a kid? Were you uh, more tomboyish? Way more tomboyish. Yeah? Yeah, I was like, I I was not forced, but my dad would f force me to like kick, I was in karate and I would have to like kick some boys' asses, right? We'd do sparring, he'd be like, get in there, show them, hit them in the face. <laughs> so I was very like, okay, I'm gonna fuck them up, you know? Like, yeah. I was, I liked it though. I liked being pushed and I liked, um, being able to be strong. I didn't just like hit things. I always hit things and everything was, uh, with aggression and power. Yeah. And I, I liked feeling that. Was, uh, was uh, martial arts the first thing you did or was it, uh, gymnastics and cheerleading? Well, it was dance. It was dance. So okay. I was put in dance at the age of two, did tap jazz and ballet. At two? At two. <laughs> I know. Um, because I had a lot of energy, right? Okay. I have, you know me, I have so much freaking energy. Yeah. So my mom was like, I was doing cartwheels at two around the house from just watching things on, on television. And so my mom, long story short, she took me to see a, like a dance recital at one and a half. And I kept bothering her, telling her, I want to do that. Yeah. So she took me to a dance school at two and and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't take two-year-olds, we take five-year-olds, because no one wants to teach a dumbass two-year-old like dance steps. Right. Understood. And she was like, yes, but she can do cartwheels, and she really can focus. <laughs> and so my mom made me go do the cartwheels, and they're like, oh, shit, we'll take her. And then when I was in there, I just took on this leadership role, right? I yeah. just loved it. Like, I was like, you stand there. Hey, you stand there. I'm going to be center, and let's kill this shit. Um, but it started with dance. And then I did karate at the age of five, and then cheerleading, not until high school. 
Got it. Mm -hmm. Which one did you like the most at that time? Like when you were a kid? Oh, dance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, I forgot to mention acting. Acting became my like ultimate love at the age seven. I was, oh, I was obsessed with acting. How did you even decide that you wanted to be an actor? Because while I was on stage, I felt like dancing wasn't enough. Mm. I like felt like I could take on this persona and I could do much more with the emotions I felt than just with movement. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to explore what that felt like. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's more to you as an artist. Yes. And so my mom, and the best thing about my mom is when I told her at seven that I wanted to be an actress, she believed me. Yeah. Right? And a lot of parents do. They they move their kids out. They support their dreams. And But like... I was a kid about my shit. Like, if I told my mom something, I was not going to go and do it halfway. I right. was going to go. You were and I serious. Was, I was serious. And I love that she took me seriously. So we moved to LA and she said, yo, I'm going to give it a year. And if you book a national commercial and a TV show, I will know that that's our sign for us to stay. No pressure, right? <laughs> and so I'm- Just a, that. Just that, right? And so I think like within the first six months, I booked a national commercial God willing, and um, and if, and I think like two TV shows. So she wow. was like, "Okay, we can do this." Wow! How did you even know how to start? Like, did, was like, how did you know how to go about getting a commercial? Well, an audition, right? Luckily, I I got an agency. I was with Coast to Coast, and they're a great kid okay. agency. And so I was sent on several auditions. Back got in it. the day, I don't know how it is now, but I would have like three to four auditions a day. Wow. So in person, like driving person. from place to place. My, when I tell you, Rizzo, we would be driving from the Valley to Santa Monica to <laughs> Beverly Hills. Then like, it was crazy being right. in a, LA traffic. And Oh, in LA traffic, it's the worst. And I'd be going over my lines. My mom would be feeding me. It's like a full-time commitment from a parent and yeah. a child. And so the best practice I always say is doing it, mm -hmm. right? So when I'm in the audition, I'm like, ah, I could have done that better. Ooh, I should have been more natural. Every time I would gain something when I left. Yeah, it's like you're getting more reps in. Yes. Each time it, you're fixing your form. Yes. Yeah. And so um, I just found that always kind of your initial instinct is always the best. And as far as what? As far as just being like, oh, well, I want to say it like this. Well, then say it like that. Yeah. Instead of overthinking and be like, I'm just going to keep it calm because the thing said to be calm. Yeah. Well, the thing is also you need to bring you. Yes. So it's like, well, maybe I'm calm, but maybe this calm bitch says it like this. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I just think that going with your first guy always is really good. You were always confident? I... I think I'd be lying if I said no. Do I struggle with confidence even to this day? Yes. Like, do I have moments where I feel insecure and doubt myself and look at the stuff that I've produced or the stuff that I do or even something from yesterday and be like, eh? Sure. I think that's natural. I also think that's what makes us keep evolving and keep getting better. But have I always, like, really been confident in my gifts? Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. I can feel that in you. It, it, it resonates. Oh, that's so good. And, and that's what's important to me because I was thinking about something on the way over here and it's like, if you are a person that people look to that they want to see something from or they want to hear something from, I want to be able to provide that. I feel like if you have a leadership role or have power and you with, like withhold that in yourself, then you better use it. Because there's people that are going to be inspired and people that are going to be able to walk in that light with you. Yeah. And that's your purpose here on earth.
Yes. So if I didn't always like wake up and like be like juiced about who I am and what I can provide so then people can feel juiced from that. Yeah. Then I'm not doing like God or myself a service. Yeah, because otherwise you're wasting the gift you were given. Yes, and it's like what because I I'm afraid that some people are not gonna like me and what so some people are gonna hate on me because not everybody's gonna want to dance like me. Yeah. Some people think that I might dress too much, be too much, speak too much, just am too much. But don't we don't we just keep going on and not worry about what those people think? Yeah. Right. Because if I let that intimidate me, then I'm not. Just being me. Yeah, well, they say, you know, all great things go through three phases. You know, first mm -hmm. it's ridiculed, then it's attacked, and then if it survives both of those things, then it becomes self-evident. It's like, oh, of course they win, you know, but everybody wants to hate on you, especially when you're growing past your, your current form. If mm -hmm. they only know you as a dancer, but then you're growing as a choreographer, or if they know you as a choreographer, but you're growing as a creative director, or as an actor, or as a, whatever, you know, whenever you expand your identity, I think it gives people a sense of uncertainty, like they can't control you in a box anymore, so yes. they get scared, you know? Yeah. But like you said, especially if you were born with a God-given gift, or even if you weren't born with a gift, but you put in the work yes. to build that talent, totally. it's like, let's, let's not take it for granted. You know, like we can really contribute something by living our best selves. Absolutely. People need you. Yes. Yeah. That's like the beautiful thing. And not everybody needs the same person. Exactly. Let's talk about your mom and the role that she played in yeah. your life. Jermaine. Jermaine, um, my, my moo moo. She's such a sweetheart. God, she's an angel. Yeah. She's very intuitive. Oh, yeah. I, I really feel like she's an angel. Like she's a floating angel here on earth. And not only for me, but for many. She she changes so many people's lives. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, you guys have been close your whole life? My whole life. I, I mean, like I said earlier, she's she sacrificed everything for me. You know, she when I would tell her things, she would believe me. She never looked at me like I was a little kid that didn't know what I was talking about. There was always this mutual respect. Yeah. And so with that, I always felt so free to be able to be honest and just to be myself, whether that got me in a lot of trouble <laughs> or not. She yeah. always knew m majority of the time, 95% of the time, where I was. Because I would tell her, like, no, I'm going to do this. No, I want to do this. And it would drive her crazy. Yeah. But I needed her to know I'm not going to lie to you and be this fake, like, daughter. Yeah. And let you think that I'm this, like, goody two-shoes that's <laughs> studying when I'm actually sneaking out. Like, I need her to know, like, who I am. Yes. You know, and she's she's just always supported me. How important is that, the communication between you and your mom? What role does that play in your life nowadays? I think it's just allowed me the space to find who I am. And, and, and her support has allowed me to find what field I'm best in as well. Because like I said, I've dipped and dabbled in many things. And without having that parent support of allowing that space to go on these multiple journeys, I, I've been able to find what really resonates with me and what makes me feel like me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Outside of work, what kind of activities make you feel like you? Um, I love, obviously, I love working out. <laughs> and I love eating. Yeah. Going, yes, I, I really am passionate about eating. Sometimes it makes me want to cry. Like, <laughs> because food, food is something that I feel love it within food. When yes. I'm eating, I feel so at peace. Yes. I love the act of chewing, swallowing. <laughs> Feeling full in my belly. Especially when you smell. Oh, my uh, God. Delicious dinner coming your way. Yeah, uh, it just everything. 
and anything like artsy. Like I love, I like like reading poetry. I like painting. I like doing things with my hands outside, whether that be planting cactus, <laughs> um, drawing, writing, just escaping, um, yeah. escaping in like a spiritual way. How often do you get to do that stuff? When was the last time you planted cactus? Yesterday. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I planted two cactus yesterday and it made me happy. And so when I look at them, I, I even spoke to them this morning. Yeah. I said, you guys make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's love, right? I, I want to feel love from most things in my life. I choose to live life that way. Yeah. It's a little sheltered. I will admit, I'm a little sheltered. I don't like go and read the news all the time. And right. I like to keep myself in this really protected bubble. Well, it's it's your life. Right? You don't have to tune into all the suffering of the world and all the complaining of the world. You don't have to. I don't have to. You could just focus on the loving energy that you're creating. Yes. But with that said, yeah. I do want to be able to help more For in sure. a way. For sure. Yeah. But I think if we, obviously we don't want to be a careless and ignorant about yeah. what's happening. Fuck everything. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm good. I'm living my life. <laughs> People are like, uh, get your shit together. But I believe we can't be part of the solution if we're still resonating in fear and pain. That's how I, you know, that, I don't want if, if we want the world to be better, why don't we approach it with love mm -hmm. instead of approaching it with more anger? Like I can be angry at the fact that things are bad, but what we want isn't to fight evil. What we want is to create love. Yes. Yes. There's a difference. Yep. You know? And, and I, I feel like um, uh, it really makes me happy to do projects that bring positive energy into the world. Good. Me too. Especially when we see the way it impacts people. Mm -hmm. Like what we're doing with Naughty Girl Fitness. Mm -hmm. Like seeing the videos of people all over the world doing it and knowing that the silly thing that we created in the garage. I know. <laughs> like all great companies start in a garage, yeah. right? <laughs> they all start somewhere. I mean, every yeah. time I look at that pic of um, it, of uh, when Amazon was started, yeah. right? And it's just like a little sign. Mm -hmm. What's the guy's name? Jeff. Jeff. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Bezos. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, Jay Beasy. <laughs> yeah, Jay Beasy. Great work, Saka. Hit me up. Mm -hmm. I get your boxes every day. <laughs> Anyways, um, Seeing how that started, everything starts somewhere. And Brazil, when I tell you, like, I had no, we just had no idea what this could be. Yeah. Right? And that's that's the beauty and belief and faith and yes. hope and, and love. Yeah. It's like I'm doing something I love. Whether it resonates with people or not, we're going to do it and we're going to push it. And then if it fails, then it fails. Then we know that wasn't the right thing. wasn't yeah. the right move. We failed many times. Yes. God, we failed so much, we've so tried, much we've together. We've tried so many projects and so, companies right? over the and years. And several at a time. Yeah. And jiggling and jaggling, bouncing. <laughs> it, we've done it all. Yeah. So to have something that you focus on and you give your authentic energy and love to and then have it actually work is is amazing. And, and when I say work, I'm not saying success for us, but success for people. Yes. To see them in their videos and to see how it impacts them is... Yeah. And one of the things that I, I've been trying to conceptualize is like, why is it successful, right? I think mm -hmm. it's for many reasons, right? I think in the actual room where we're filming it, it's not fake. No. Like when it looks like we're having fun, we really are. There's more fun that we've cut out 
there's more fun than you even see on camera, you no, know? It's, and, and, it's, and it's like, it's a genuinely great time. Yeah. And you guys are really dancing. You're really pushing yourselves. You're really sweating. Mm -hmm. You're genuinely uh, working out with people you like and you care about, right? Yes. I think the, the vibe in the room without the camera is already so good mm -hmm. that what the camera is doing is just bringing that to the people. Totally. I think a production can't be too made up. Mm-mm too designed it's like no 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 no, no. it has to be organic because mm -hmm. when it tastes good here in person then it's just a matter of getting it to people totally you know because you guys enjoy it right oh no not really <laughs> <laughs> brazil i enjoy it so much and, and the part that i enjoy the most is that we're not following a fucking formula right right like everything is like even when you receive things in the mail, it's like so proper. Everything is so fucking professional. And yeah. it drives me crazy. It's like, yeah. what about if we were just like normal humans? Yeah. And we shoot the shit just how we do yep. in a normal last day. Yep. I wanna I want us to communicate to each other like that. I want yeah. that to feel that way in that room. I want mm -hmm. people in their living room to be laughing because we can get things done and actually have a good time. Yes, it doesn't have to be all that serious. No. Like we can get a lot of professional things done in a way chiller environment. Absolutely, and the fact that we've been able to build that, and I think that's why people are so attracted to it, because it's like, this shit is real <laughs> yeah. and it's fun, you know what I mean? And let's spell things different, let's talk yeah. Let's talk yeah. real, let's cuss a little bit, because cussing what, it fucking feels good. Yes. Like, whatever, right? Whatever, there's no right way to do anything. We've just been told that. How do you feel putting something out as the lead person, not as a background dancer, but having something that is not only, you know, our baby, but, but it, it is a product of you, of your soul. How does that feel to put that out there? Because, you know, as a dancer, you're always behind another artist. Even if you're choreographing, you're still wrapping it around somebody else's image and identity. Mm -hmm. This is your image and identity. It feels powerful. I have been in the supportive role for a very long time. Yeah. And I play that role really well because I like to think of myself as not having a big ego. Right. I am a team player. I'm here literally because this is my love. This is my craft. This is what I want to do. So in, in any way I can make that successful, feel good, make people feel good, wonderful. But to be the person that is in the lead of doing that, uh, the, the word I'm just thinking is, is powerful. Uh, it's me. Like, it, it's not any other idea. It's not any other words. It's not any other movement. And it's it's just me. And uh, that's a, it's a beautiful feeling. How does it feel when you see the videos of people doing it and the letters? It makes me happy. It makes me happy that, A, they like me, right? Because everybody just wants to be liked, genuinely, right? Yeah. And it makes me happy that they like me and that they feel good doing the movement because I know I do and I know my friends do but for them to be in their living room and really understanding it and taking in the words touching their bodies loving their bodies for where they're at yeah. and not focusing and working out is so negative right it can be it's so usually such a chore it's like oh uh, I have to work out yeah and like oh I'm so fat oh I'm so ugly I need to I need to do this because I I right. need to torture my body to be better it's like no if we've got all of this and we're alive today and and I was thinking the other day, I'm like, what about if we couldn't think about the future? What about if our brains weren't programmed to be able to think about the future and we only could think about today? Right. 
how much do you want to love yourself today? I know I want to love myself a lot. And yeah. I know that over Christmas break, I ate everything. I yeah. drank everything. And if I couldn't wake up and be like, Zam, girl, <laughs> you did a lot, but I still love your ass, yes. right? And so while I'm working out, I got to still shake that thing and make it feel good. And not from a sense of shame, but from no. a sense of love. A sense of love. Yes. I'm human. And I don't want to be that fitness person that's like, I only want you to eat grilled shrimp, broccoli, and rice, and we're going to eat that way forever. No, I want you to be human. Yes. I want you to eat food that makes you happy. Do I want you to be healthy? Sure. But this is not that. Yeah. This is about loving yourself and seeing them love what they're doing and love their bodies. And I think it's making them change. And it's not just about the physical. It's making them change up here. Yeah. And I like that. I love it. It's been such a beautiful journey. Yeah, it has. Who inspires you? God. God. The beauty of nature around me. Mm. My mother, my family, my like niece and nephew inspire me. They've, they're like my purpose. They make me want to like be able to have a future um, so they could see their auntie do well. <sighs> Sorry, I love them so much. <laughs> I'm so corny. Um, my friends, people that have just been there. You know, it's it's funny because when you ask that, I I don't, my brain doesn't go to like musical artist. Right. It doesn't go there. It goes to like things with a lot of value, yes. right? Like, and they have a lot of value, right? Sure, I sure. love Dua Lipa. She has yeah. so much value in yeah. my life. <laughs> but like the things that like, you know, make me like want to be better and do things for a for a purpose. And that's that's my family, my friends, God, nature, and people that, you know, I love. And like the naughty girl fam, like they they inspire yeah. me. I'm like, okay, I, I look through the the categories. I'm like, oh, I could do this better. I want to be better. I want to do all of these things so they yeah. have a better version of me and a better yes. product. It's and I inspire me. I really do. I'm like, damn, you know, you, you go through a lot in life. Life can be tough. And so, yeah. And you inspire me too. <laughs> you inspire me so much. <laughs> Thank you. You are um, so special oh, as a human. Legitimately. Thank uh, you. I think you're a really good friend, Aww. first of all. Like a legit, like outside of all of this, I think whenever I've had personal problems, yeah. even though we don't talk about personal stuff that often, when mm -hmm. we do, we can instantly get there and I feel a sense of uh, trust and safety from you. Good. And I feel that that's really beautiful. Um, you're a great collaborator. Oh, I love that. Because you're not timid, mm. but you don't have an ego and there's a difference. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the best idea deserves to win. Yes. You know, same. it doesn't matter if I come up with it, you come up with it, or the grip or the, the janitor comes up with it, right? Yeah. And I think you have that same mentality that when you really believe in something, you'll fight me for it, but but I'll believe, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You, you'll sell your case to me. I'm like, yes, I like that decision. But also, you you can be convinced otherwise too. That mm -hmm. when somebody else on the team is like, no, Janelle, what if we do it this way? You don't have the ego and you're like, okay, wow, that is a better idea. And you can go with that as well. So I think having that combination of strength Mm -hmm. But flexibility as a leader is, uh, is, is really unique. Most people don't have both. Mm, they're either you. super flexible and they're a pushover. <laughs> yes. Or they're like too confident and don't budge on anything. You know? Yeah. So I think creating with you is really fun that way. It, it, I know every time we create, something great is going to happen. Mm. 
That's I like that reputation. Yeah. Thank you. It's fun. No, and I really appreciate you saying that because that's literally why I wanted to stop playing the supportive role. Yes. I was kind of forced into it a little bit, obviously. But I remember the day I decided that I was going to stop dancing professionally is because I wanted to start creating my own, own environments. Yeah. I wanted to start being the leader that could... I was in so many environments as a dancer that I was like, ugh, this does not feel good. I'm not talked to correctly. I'm not paid correctly. <laughs> and it just started to feel very like emotionless. And obviously, as you can tell, mm -hmm. I'm built on emotion. Yes. I'm built on how I feel somewhere. So I was like, no, I, I need to take the reins. And I know, A, that I can do this, what the choreographers are doing, and much quicker. Yes. More efficient of people's times and energy. So... I made that decision because I wanted to make people feel good. And and also I just wanted to tap into another another role I know I could do and provide. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um this is something that uh, uh we can cut out if you don't want to talk about it, yeah. but psychedelics. Are you okay talking about that? Sure. Yeah? Yeah, why not? Great. Um, I mean, we've got the jackets on. Second to that, it wouldn't look out of character. <laughs> it wouldn't look out of character. Um, Sorry, I'm just a little, just getting a little hot. <laughs> let's talk about this. Okay. Um, personal growth, in general, right, is a lifelong journey, mm -hmm. and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. Right there's uh, scientific methods, there's religious methods, mm -hmm. there's medicinal methods, there's psychological methods, there's physical methods. Right, working out is a sense of personal growth. Right, hell yeah. You know, yoga, breathing, <clears throat> journaling, therapy. Um, for some people, religion. Right, you know, mm -hmm. God, a uh, spirituality, and um, and also medicine in some in the many ways it comes in. You know, mm -hmm. uh, in the last five years, you know, when I started doing psychedelics, they really opened my mind and helped me discover myself and heal a lot of wounds. And they've played a, a really important role in my life Yeah. in terms of my, I don't know, I guess my coming of age, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I know you recently had a pretty powerful experience as well. I did. Um, I know I've been trying to get you to do shrooms for years. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, by you the way, I do you want to do shrooms? And it's like, no. I'm always apprehensive because I'm yeah. I hate being out of control. Yeah. Um, but sorry, go ahead. What were you going to ask me about? So then <laughs> you always turned me down when I offered for you to join me in shrooms. And you decided to say, fuck it, and just jump ahead to the, <laughs> to the strongest <laughs> psychedelic possible. Uh -huh. And you did DMT, which I haven't even done yet. I know. So let's talk about it. DMT, dimethyltryptamine, the spirit molecule. Mm -hmm. It's uh, an active ingredient in ayahuasca. Um, what was your experience like? Well, first I want to start by saying I was in a place where I really wanted answers. And I think that those, you know, herbal experiences or those, you know, medicinal plant medicines, plant medicines, yeah. um, call you to them. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I have to give the backstory because I don't want people to think that I'm just like, fuck it, and doing DMT. It was right. a, it was really like I ended up in a place, I was getting my hair done, and my hair lady was like, 
I canceled plans. Like I was at the airport and I said, I don't feel right about going to where I was going. Canceled that plan, decided to cut off all of my hair and not all of it, just to a bob. And when I was there, she told me about this. I'm like, wow, okay, maybe I'm meant to do this. And I, I wanted something to just take me out of my mind and my thoughts and my body for a moment to just get some answers or release whatever I needed to release. Yeah. So what was really awesome is it was with shamans and there was these two shamans, one male, one female, to balance the masculine and feminine energy, which I really loved and respected. Oh, that's nice. I it haven't heard nice. of that. Yeah. And they did like kind of a um, intro. So they taught us all about what we were doing. We learned about it for like three hours. I was kind of like, okay, let's let's take the drugs and be done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice because they cared about it, right? It yeah. showed this this care of like, we care about what you're going to experience, about what you're going to put into your body, what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Little did I know, like, I thought that you, and with any drug, you, like, do it, and then you start to feel high. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, this is nice, right? I'm feeling high. Or I'm like, oh, shit, I'm feeling high. Like, <laughs> you know, there's always that reaction. Right. With this, there's no reaction. It is Like, smoke the moment it, you boom. take it smoke it, boom. So you don't have a second to go, oh, no, I don't want to, uh, or yeah, no, there's none. It's bah. It's a smack of black in the, front, like in the front of your forehead, and I just started seeing colors. Mind you, I was not in my body, so I had no awareness if I was breathing, if I had a heartbeat, any of that. Wow. I was taken, right? It's it's the it's the one gland that you release when you're born and when you die. Yeah. So it's a it's called the ego death drug, right? Yeah. I hate to say drug, ego death. Um, and <clears throat> it took me to, and the thing is, some people remember a lot. I don't remember a lot. Okay. I remember seeing the colors, and I remember flying, and I remember as I was flying, I was unclipping, like almost like I was Superman, and I was unclipping things of my past the baggage of the past the baggage and i was just unclipping and unclipping and unclipping and i have glimpses of that um and it's just me in this universe it kind of reminds me of that place in soul the movie soul when i saw that i was like oh my god they did dmt for sure <laughs> um but the best part was when i came back into my body okay after 20 minutes mind you i asked the shamans i said where do i sit how do, and they're like don't worry you're just going to flow. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. I come back into my body. And as I come back into my body, the woman is holding me. And she's like rubbing a feather like through, getting rid of the old energy. Like So they're actively doing this with me. Yes. He's making music. And they're surrounding me. And so I feel so comforted. Yes. And Rizzo, when I tell you, it was the most necessary cry of my life. Like contacts came out, crying what ever that pain was that I was holding onto, I swear to God, from like probably two years old to now, I was letting it all out. And then I vomited profusely. Wow. Just purging. Purging. Like, oh my God. Just letting it all out. I was disgusted. <coughs> and I was saying things like, how could you do that to me? Uh, I was young. I was, I was saying all of these things while I was projectile vomiting. And then as I was done, it was like, I, I was, the release was over, and then I looked at my reflection in my vomit. <laughs> but I was like, you're perfect. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I actually said that to myself and believed it. because And believed it. And believed it. 
And I'm like, you're perfect the way you are. You don't need to change. Like, because after so many things that happen to you, you feel like you need to start changing who you are or how you look or how you act. And I was like, no, fuck that. You are perfect the way you are. And after that experience, I told some friends sorry. I asked some friends to tell me sorry. I felt like I needed to mend relationships that like had unsettled business. And I really mended whatever relationships that I had with me. Does that make, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was so needed. Sorry if that took a long time. No, no. This is what I wanted to, to hear. Yeah, it was um I don't I don't think I'd ever do it again. Yeah. I think it was a one time thing for me. Granted, in a few years if I feel like I need some answers, but Yeah, I heard it's not something you do consistently. It's, it's not it's like a, because it's it's that whoa, it's that powerful where you're so out of your mind body. Yeah, it, it, it feels like there's this book called The Body Keeps the Score. And uh, I haven't read the whole thing, but but basically, the idea is that vibrationally, we keep a lot of things unless we do active work to let go of mm-hmm. them. You know, I haven't done DMT, but obviously I've done mushrooms quite a bit, and I've gone to a lot of personal development workshops sober, and yeah. I've had experiences where when I can really connect to this feeling, I don't even know what I'm crying about. Yes. <laughs> specifically, mm-hmm. I just know I need to cry. Exactly. And then I let it out and it just vibrates and it just, and, and it just do it. I had one of those experiences over the Christmas break where that happened. And it's like when that, and afterwards it's like, it's feel, you feel this lightness. <sighs> yeah. And you're like. It's just like, oh, I've been holding on to this stuff. I, you don't even know what it was. I don't even know what it was that I let go of, but it was something. I know. You can feel it. But sometimes yeah. you don't need to know. You don't need to know. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know why I'm crying. I like to cry a lot and I want to let it out. What I, what I will say is I took myself on that woman's retreat. Remember in Mexico? That was this year, right? That was this year. That was recently. Yeah, it was in November. Okay, so tell us, what was that experience? I, uh, it was eight days in Mexico. I was on a jungle, no, in a jungle on a private beach. Mm. And there was no Wi-Fi, no cell service. Mm. I was completely removed. And I have not felt more connected with my, my thoughts, my mind, God, in so long. Because I had no distractions. And what's funny is... I thought it would be hard for me to shut off. And I was like, boom, no. My phone stayed in the safe and I was just living. Yes. And being present. Being present. And why I'm telling you this is because I did a guided meditation while I was there. Mm-hmm. And what I saw and experienced was almost damn near close to what happened when I was on DMT. And it showed you what's possible. You don't need sometimes these, you know, helpers to yes. get you out or to go somewhere, or to deal with problems. If you literally tap into your unconscious mind and have someone guiding you through a deep-ass meditation, I was like, my my hands were moving, like, and I was feeling rays of, like, energy pouring out of my body. But I I was so far deep in it. And I'm like, wow, this was just as powerful. Yes. So you can unlock and go to places that you are not aware of but we don't take the time. Yes. When are we taking like eight days to do nothing to allow your mind, body, and spirit to be at complete like level zero relaxation mode to where it's going to experience and feel what it needs to feel? Yeah, because we're so conditioned. I know I'm so addicted to my phone. 
Yeah. You know, that it, it, it takes serious effort. Like, I have to manually, like, some days I have to just sleep with it in a different room. Yes. Like, out of here, you know, because otherwise just... You just get into this, this And it's this telling mode. you what to do. It's telling you what to do. And then we miss out on boredom. And I think a lot of great ideas come from boredom. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're constantly just a little a little stimulated, then we, we don't give ourselves the opportunity uh-huh. to have the energy, the desire to come up with something new. Totally. Because we're constantly satiated, mm-hmm. you know? I know. And I, and I feel that happening with myself. I feel that. I was like, I'm like, man, I need to be way more conscious with my time on my phone. Totally. Especially because we work on our phones too. I know. So we can always excuse it as saying, oh, I'm not on social media. I'm, I'm working. working. <laughs> well, and that's the gag because it's like when you go and post on Instagram, then I get stuck in the Insta hole. I'm like, wait, I was literally just supposed to post. Yeah. Get your ass off of here. But yeah. you get like, it's just so programmed, right? Yeah. It's trippy. There was a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Have you seen it? No. They were just breaking down, like, at an extreme level, what the programming of social media does. And, like, our phones are literally programmed to get our attention. Like, mm-hmm. they know if you used to have a relationship with this person, but you no longer have one, yeah. that when they post a new photo, it should show you that photo in the top. Like, it knows that much about you to be like, oh. Like, like, like it knows that, like, oh, if you hate this topic, it's going to pop up as well. Weird. Because they want things that'll get us either really excited, desire or fear. Desire or fear. fear. Desire and it keeps programming and programming. And it's, it's like up. technology has brought so much joy into the world. Like I mm-hmm. love technology. I'm very grateful for the fact that I can connection. I can connect with people. I can listen to any song ever. Mm-hmm. I remember having to burn CDs. Remember that? Oh my you god! You had to pick your 12 to 18 songs. And I would day. listen to that for like freaking yes. weeks. And then and I, that's why we knew lyrics so well. Yes. I I always am like, how come I don't know songs as well as I used to? It's because I'm on Spotify. I'm listening to. Millions of songs a day. Not millions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> um, No, because you listen to the same 12 songs for a fucking month. There's no way you couldn't know every lyric. You know what's funny? <laughs> you can ask Yanni. I still listen to the same 12 songs all year. Good, good. I'm sure Kanye. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Just the Kanye albums and a yeah. couple other random playlists. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> no, that's good. that's good. You're keeping it old school. I'm like trying to find new shit, so I'm like, Ugh. yeah. I tend to whatever I like. I do a lot of it, like with movies and TV shows too. Like I've seen House of Cards all the way through, like all seasons, like four times. Whoa. I just like the cinematography. Uh-huh. I like the vibe. Sometimes I just have it on the background on mute. It's just something about it. It just wow. What's your like show that you've watched? Me? Have you seen anything many times, or do you just watch every show like one time? No. Hold on. Oh my god, this this is this is my brain right now. Why do I want to say the Burning Man? No, it's <laughs> oh Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh my god. Breaking Bad. I've watched through three times. Money Heist twice. Breaking Bad, I remember the first time I saw it was a few years ago, and I saw, I, like, I went from not seeing it at all after all the seasons were out oh my to God. that I just binged all eight seasons in, like, a month, and no. it was insane. It's like, insane. the first few episodes are slow. Yes. I was like, oh, this show's going to suck, no, and then you then, get so into it's it. It's when the, the bathtub, when he does it in the bathtub and it yeah, falls through yeah, the ceiling, yeah. you're like, this shit's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, you fall in love with the characters. Oh, my gosh, I, I love it. The, the acting, incredible. The scenes, everything, you just like on edge, like, oh my God, is the DEA going to find out? You know, it's just so good. Well, 
Why do you think we like watching crime movies and shows so much? Because bad shit is enticing. Mm. I just feel like anything naughty <laughs> is just a little bit more fun. You know, and it's something that we'd be like, oh my God, I could never. But it's fun to watch someone else get fucked up. You know? <laughs> uh, have there been any particular shows you really enjoyed during the pandemic? Um, Money Heist. Yeah. For sure. Um, That's a Casa de Papel, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Have you watched it? A couple episodes. I haven't seen it. Oh, you got to dive in. That yeah. is a good. Because you know why? I like shows where I'm like, the writers of this. Yeah. Or whoever's creating it is brilliant. Like, this could really probably happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they would get away with, you know, robbing the Bank of Spain. This is great. <laughs> the, the things that they think of is amazing. Um, what else have I watched? Ozark. I love Ozark. Oh, so good. Again, I really like, I guess <laughs> yes. I have a theme going He's here. dark. Uh... If, <laughs> if I end up in jail, I guess you know that I'm money laundering and stealing shit and making meth. <laughs> if all else fails, yeah, right? at least I got some good techniques. <laughs> oh, man. So many good shows nowadays. Yes. And they all look so good. Uh-huh. Like TV shows now look better than movies 20 years ago. And- and what's so cool is all the actors from the most incredible movies are all in TV shows. Yeah. You used to have like the TV show actors and then the movie actors. Yeah, and there was like a hierarchy. Yes. Like you, you go up, but you don't come down. You uh -huh. don't go from movies back to TV. And, and they're but, like, well, shit. Now yeah. I'm here. Yeah, because now I think I actually kind of enjoy a good TV show more than a movie. I because do too. It, you can invest in the characters longer. Mm -hmm. You can really see the full arc of somebody and the B characters get to develop fully as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, everyone matters. I've been enjoying um, Ted Lasso. Everyone's been telling me to watch that. You know why I like it? Because it's very positive. Oh. It's a show where kind of everything goes right. That's nice. It's a show Sometimes where every episode is like a happy ending where you're just like, oh, he <gasps> did the right thing and the bad guy apologized and this happened. and da, da, da. That's wonderful. It, it's like, I think uh, it was so shocking at first that it made me stop and realize like, wait a minute, I'm so used to things going wrong in every TV show. Mm-hmm. That for once, obviously they have the characters have challenges. Yeah. But in Ted Lasso, virtually everything works out. But in the most, like you cry, you laugh. Good. You know, it's about this football coach teaching soccer, coaching soccer in England. And he has, um, which I saw the way they're blending it. He sounds like he's a conservative from the South, but he acts like a diehard liberal who's a great coach. Okay. So it's a blend of somebody sounding Southern, but acting liberal. It's like a... I like how you said acting. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was a nice blend. I saw that. That was really good. Good. Okay. I want. I like to be happy. What else have I been watching? Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> the oh, yeah. Show. You guys like watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got me into it. Well, I mean, I, I'm i such a Real Housewives fan. That's like my, yeah. my like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm invested in them. People <laughs> find it to be ridiculous, but literally I've been watching since the Real Housewives of OC started. Which was when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay? What do you like about it? <sighs> so many things. I like... First of all, I like some TV that's not too deep that doesn't make me, like, really think or really <clears throat> feel emotion. Right. Like, I like, like, the drama and, like, mm -hmm. them being put in these situations that may or may not be real. Yeah. Um, also, they're, like, rich and fabulous. So it's kind of fun to watch... Rich woman be 
fabulous and happy, <laughs> yeah. right? And or at least pretend to be happy. And yeah. also, you watch a lot of things go wrong. Right. You know, you watch. You know, businesses fail, marriages fail. There's a lot of real life stuff, and then you feel bad because you're involved and invested in these characters, and you're like, I hope Tamara's gonna be okay. You know, <laughs> her husband is having heart problems, and we want to make sure that Eddie's gonna be fine. <laughs> Do you watch The Bachelor or The Bachelor? I don't. Okay. I don't. Not into that at all. No, but my um, sister in law is an executive producer on it or a producer on it. Oh, word. Yeah, so go Megan. <laughs> Um, what are your next goals? What do you want to do with your life moving forward? I want to continue. I feel like for the first time I am on the Janelle track and on the Janelle train. So I want to continue with Naughty Girl. I want to continue making creative videos and art that really show all of my ability and my personalities. I want to continue to have an amazing team around me that I inspire and that inspire me, and that's healthy, and we make a lot of money and laugh and smile a lot. Yeah. I want to continue to travel and feel the world and connect with those who need me and I need them. Yes. Through dance, through fitness, through just even merely talking. Yeah. And I'm going to also start innovating more with my acting into my projects that are meshed with dance in some form, in some way. But there's no like major new goal. It's I feel like I'm living the goal at the moment. Yeah, it's just keep progressing yes these 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 passions into the next level absolutely because that's really what it's all about right especially for us as artists it's it's like um it doesn't feel right if i don't create right i need to be creating something mm-hmm. even if i'm on vacation that i want to create a moment totally i want to create a night a dinner or something you mm-hmm. know it, it feels good to make something and put it out there. Yeah. You know, it almost feels like it's like a, a itch that you have to scratch. You know what I mean? Like when you have a great idea, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I have, I have to, to make do it. this video. Exactly. And that and that's why I said that answer because I think it's so nice to allow yourself to be proud of where you're at, right? Yeah. It's like I I always was scratching for more. I always was like, I need to do more, I need to be better. And I still want that. But I'm like, damn. What it, what's happening now is actually really powerful. Yeah. Let's keep going on the now. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, I feel like at the beginning of my career, it almost felt like I was dating all my projects. Mm. Like they were all like one night stand type of projects, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where you do a little music video, you do a little shoe, it's one and done, one and done, one and done. And I think in the last couple of years, we've been focused more on building this long-term vision mm-hmm. with the brand and everything that we're doing. And I like that. Me too. I like taking our time. And really nurturing something. Well, yeah, because it needs to be like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. You, everyone says, this is my baby. Well, how good are you treating your baby? <laughs> yeah. Are you, like, giving it the tit? Are you making some formula? <laughs> Shove your tit in that baby and let it suck on that thing for a while, and it's going to be a healthy little child. <laughs> how funny would it be if you were doing, like, motivational speeches at corporations? Yeah. <laughs> and one of your bullet points in a PowerPoint was, like, shove your tit in it. <laughs> like, People would love it because everything's so stuffy. They'd be like, you know what? I 
need a tit in my mouth. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> You're very silly. I know. I, I like that we can be silly together. It feels good. Yeah. It feels really good to be silly. I hope I'm always. I hope I always carry this kid like energy within me and allow myself to say it. Yeah, because we can mature with our ability to handle responsibilities. Totally. But I think the essence of creativity is very childlike. Yeah. Because children can do, do whatever. Like, have you ever seen like a, a, a child prodigy at anything is so much better at the adults of whatever that thing is? Oh, for sure. Like, you know, Tony Hawk was famous for doing the 900. There's like 12-year-olds doing like 900s now. You know what I mean? It's of like, it, it's the next generation. It's like, I think because kids have less conditioning of fear, Mm-hmm. they're more willing to try stuff mm-hmm. and create new patterns. I think as adults, we get stuck in our patterns yeah. of belief of I'm only good at this or I'm a business person or I'm a creative person or I'm a quiet person or I'm a this. Mm-hmm. And we start limiting ourselves to the identity. Kids are so like, I could be whatever I want. Yeah. So you teach a kid how to dance, they end up becoming fantastic at it. Yes. So having that childlike energy, I think is is key to not just achieving, but enjoying. Totally. Too, you know? Like I even put it in my... um. In my journal today, it has a prompt for a question of uh, if I could just, my journal asked me to use one word to describe how my best self would be today. And I said, playful. (gasps) I love that. It's like, yeah, I I have to be productive. There's things to be done. But let me do those things in a playful way. Yes. I feel like I would be enjoying the activity the most Mm -hmm. and probably do it better. Absolutely. Because when things are stressful, they're not fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And when, when things, like, you remember when we, like, do Naughty Girl and you're like, oh, you're playful today. I enjoy it more. Because yes. I'm less like, oh, man, I miss, my, I miss that mark or I miss that move, you know. And I'm all stressed about it. It's like, oh, I missed the move. Okay, let's keep going, you know. Yeah. And when you bring a playful energy, it does allow for just a more fluid and fun experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did a podcast that actually just released today with Taja Riley, and she was talking about some professional situations in dance where it has not been fun. Mm. And it has been very stressful working uh, with major award shows and artists. Um, how has your experience been working on the major stages? I'm sure it's a mixture of everything. But where do you think uh, the professionalism could improve in how choreographers and dancers are treated in the big stage? Let's say working on the Grammys or on festivals or with major artists. Where's the area for growth? Well, I think it starts at the top. I really do. And some people say that the artist is unaware, but I think if the artist made themselves aware, that the care would be there, Mm. right? For instance, I've worked with several people and my favorite being Pink. Okay. Well, the reasoning is because Pink actually invests her time, care, and knowledge into what's happening with everybody. And so she's aware of where people stay, how we're treated. I'm not sure of how much we're paid, but she is aware and puts that care into the tour manager, yes. which then goes down to the choreographer and creative directors, which then goes down to the dancers, right? So when there is this care for everybody that's involved and we all feel irreplaceable, that is the biggest thing. Dancers always feel like they can be replaced. Mm. Not always, but... Yeah, Taja was talking about this too. Yes, it's like, oh, oh, you hurt yourself? Okay, we'll bring in the next one. Or use an an understudy or call blah, blah, blah. It's not like, oh, well, we wanted Janelle. So if Janelle's not there, then we will do it with four. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very not like that. We're just like in, in and out. 
You might as well be props in the background. Might as well. So I think that if it, if people are thinking about how everyone is treated and how that they are going to feel when they're working with you, that would bring for a professional, um, just a professional experience and more fun, right? Because you have and more loving. You feel like you actually matter. Yeah. You feel like you're you're there and you're picked and this is your place. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, <clears throat> I think productions can try to act like dancers are dispensable until you see a dancer fucking up on stage. Totally. It's extremely noticeable. Mm -hmm. It's front and center noticeable. Mm -hmm. A dancer sometimes has to carry the artist. Absolutely. They could just drop the artist. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's also it's also just not about the steps too. You have to be professional, period. Right. You have to like be on time. You have to take corrections really quickly. You have to not have a bad fucking attitude. You need to know when to speak and when to shut up. Right. Like, and that is not something everyone is good at. <laughs> Hence why it's hard for people to find really solid assistance because it's like, ooh, am I going to trust you to lead a room while I'm out of it? What makes a great uh, assistant choreographer for a professional job? Someone who can lead and then also be collaborative. Mm. Someone who... Uh, is organized and diligent and is professional. And for those who don't know, what are the responsibilities of an assistant choreographer, right? Because you have the main choreographer who gets hired for the job, mm -hmm. and then it's at that choreographer's discretion who they bring to assist them. Yes. And sometimes that assistant has a little bit of responsibilities, and sometimes... They have a lot. They have a lot. So, for instance, if you're on a gig and you have to be in the production meeting and your assistant needs to run rehearsal while you're in that meeting for four of the hours. Right. Your assistant needs to have notes on what they need to do. They need to have the playlist organized on their MacBook. Right. They need to know time codes. Hey, we're going to be in a big clump from 30 seconds to two minutes. And then from there we disperse. And they need to make decisions quick and they need to be able to lead and speak to people with respect but earn enough respect. They can't just throw it around. They no. have to really be genuine leaders. Yeah, and I've had assistant choreographers where they didn't know the counts, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, and they also talking to me crazy. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, and you don't want to listen to them. Right. So someone representing you while you're out of that room or while you're in it because you might just need a mental break is very important. They need to be a, they need to be a replica of you, but them. Yeah, it's um. Not everybody who's talented is meant to be a leader. No. Because you have some leaders that are fantastic leaders that aren't that talented themselves. Mm -hmm. There are great choreographers that are not the best dancers. Totally. And there are fantastic dancers that are not great choreographers or teachers. Yes. There's a difference. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, at least from the outside looking in as a, as a director, I've seen a lot of people that are great dancers then try to choreograph or teach. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of complaints from the people they work with. Yeah. It's like, oh, they were just making it about them. They weren't even caring if we were getting the steps. Mm. And there's a difference. <sighs> that bothers me. You seem to be passionate about both because you're I'm... a fantastic teacher. Like you, you, you're like the hardest class because you actually push people to do better. You don't just like, oh, let them keep fucking up. Yeah, no, that's not okay. <laughs> if, if you are going to call yourself like a professional or you're going to walk into a room where people are paying for the experience. They're trying to gain knowledge from you. For you to go and make it about you and do like a show-off party and then film a concept video at the end of your class, 
It doesn't make sense. Yeah. They are literally there for you. What are you going to give them in this hour and a half that is going to make them walk away with something emotionally, physically, mentally for them to talk amazing things about you? Not just like, oh, she killed it at the end. No, she made me feel good. She yeah. made me feel seen. It was hard as shit or it was easy, but I, I liked it. It was a challenge. It made me feel good. You want people, you're, the word of mouth is what it's about. The reputation that you build, the, the, the legacy that you live that leads on after I'm done teaching. That's what I want my reputation to be. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it's not about you. When you're a teacher, it's not about you. It's about your students. Yeah, it's how you're serving the class. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, we grew up right in that era of popular class videos. Yeah. We were really the first generation to have totally viral videos, you know, and it was um, almost like a dual challenge of every class, mm -hmm. right? For teachers, because as as a teacher, you want to make money by having many students, mm -hmm. and the two ways to do that is a teach a great class and have the word of mouth spread to the locals, and b make a viral video mm -hmm. and have people just come in for the hype. Totally. And it was a real struggle trying to balance both. I remember at first it was just wild, wild west. Everybody was filming. They were like controlling students, uh -huh. making it a whole production. And then some of the dance studios cracked down on that and started saying, no, you have to have approved filmers to come in and you can't tell. Like, And then the regulations started coming in. And I think it's been a process watching the dance industry adapt to how do you teach a genuinely good class for the students who paid to be there, Yep. but also capture it and share it without obstructing it. Here's my thing. Class is class. Yeah. And it's supposed to be class. If you want to do a private class and then shoot a video at the end, by all means do it. But to take away that experience, that authentic experience of what class is supposed to feel like, to train, to fuck up, to, to go on the journey of pushing yourself to be too full out, or maybe you want to market, it's a journey. That's what class is for. If your video turns out whack at the end, mind you, as a teacher, I'm not practicing my combo the whole class. I don't go in front of every group to show that I have it or be practicing it because I know I have to film it at the end. Right. If my video turns out like shit, then guess what? It turns out like shit. Right. If I want to refilm it on my own time, I can refilm it on my own time. Yeah, you can just pick the, your favorite ones and rent a studio for 30 minutes later and shoot it. Totally. It's really not that deep. The fact that we have made it this deep, A, makes me stressed out as a teacher <laughs> yeah. and makes the students stressed out. Also, you know what else it does? It segregates them. Here's the A-team, obviously, because they go at the end and they get the solos and they get the trios. And here's the B-team and here's the people that never are fucking seen. And people don't even know that the A team most likely already knew the choreo going into the class because totally. they were rehearsing it with the teacher. Yeah, and before. and mind you, I do groups in my class. Yeah. I like seeing the best, not the best. I see the people that got it the best do it at the end. Of course, it makes me feel good. It makes the choreo look good. Right. It makes the class inspired. Right. Right. They like watching them too, but to make it so um, methodical and like programmed. To where then it's like, all right, that was fun. Now it's time to shoot the concept video. It doesn't feel authentic. It just ripped away that whole hour that felt so good. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, now let's do some groups and let's feel the vibe, you know? Who were your uh, favorite in-person teachers? Oh, when I first moved to LA? Yeah, or just in general, over the years. Um, My favorite in-person teachers. Who gives you great experiences as a student? I, J.R. JR Smith. I mean, Jared Smith. J that's a that's a basketball person. 
Um, J.R. Taylor. Okay. Amazing. He taught me how to be professional when I first moved to L.A. Like, everything was, like, poised and in a pocket. And he just is a great teacher. I also love taking and watching Tassandra mm. because she she is so – she knows what she's doing. Yes. she. If you're off, it's because you're off. It's not because she taught it wrong, ever. <laughs> and musicality – Everything just has such a oomph. It just feels good. And I also love taking Miguel Zarate. It's just an ode to jazz funk. The way the way I like to dance, the way I like to feel, there's like weird movements, and you just kind of get lost in it. Yeah. And I like getting lost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It feels good to feel safe while you're getting lost. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. This has been a fun chat. Have you had fun? I have. Was it playful? This is very playful. Good. <laughs> um, do me a favor. Close your eyes. Okay. Okay. And um, take a deep breath. And now imagine that you could have a conversation with your 17-year-old self, and you could tell them something. You're from the future, and you can tell them how things went, how you're doing. What message would you tell to your 17-year-old self? <laughs> Janelle, can I think about? Can I do one more deep breath? Yeah. Janelle, everything that you thought you would be, you have become. Even though you've gone through some rough shit, and you think that you're not really going to get out of this because. It just seems unbearable, but you will. And all of those times that you've practiced in your garage, you have no idea that you're actually gonna do something professional and meaningful and purposeful in a new garage, in a new space. You have built up the power and the confidence and the leadership through all of your endeavors to get you to where you are now. And if you could see me, you would know that I feel my most beautiful and my most grounded and my most loved by myself and I feel the world. So just keep having faith, keep believing because you're going to do this shit. I love you. That was beautiful. Thank you. My poor 17-year-old self, (laughs) she needed a little fucking boost. She really did. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Brazil. This was a beautiful experience. It truly was. Yeah. Thank I, you. I love you, and I'm very grateful to have you in my life. You're a great friend, a great business partner, and I'm excited to see the future. Me too. And what we're going to build. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Bye.